deep and a half looking and looking. Gets it into Koenig. Right side shooting for the win. Got it! Got it! Watson Koenig at the buzzer! Welcome to Guarded Optimism, a Wisconsin Badgers basketball podcast with your hosts, Kyle Ashour and Kurt Hogue. And welcome to episode 9 of Guarded Optimism from lovely Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am one of your co-hosts, Kyle Ashower, and all the way in Wilmar, Minnesota, is Kurt Hogue. Kurt, how are you doing tonight? I'd like to apologize, Kyle. What are you apologizing for, Kurt? Winning. Why would you ever apologize for that? Because, Kyle, I'm sorry for winning. (laughs) Was that... so... For those of you who don't know, is it Pat Forty? Yeah, who... Pat Forty, Pat Ford, yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who may not be on the Twitters and whatnot, there's there's a classic co- college basketball trope that basically says, if you don't score 50 in a college basketball game, you didn't really win the game. <laughs> and, and granted, it's weird. I mean, Wisconsin scored 61 points, but in regulation they didn't. And so it was one of those where... where Wisconsin should really apologize for having that win on their on their record because they played so poorly. When in reality, they played just well enough that, that that they played fine. They played very well to the extent that they played above the quality of their opponent. That's all that you need to do in college and sports. Is not is that not correct, Kurt? You just need to beat your opponent, and <laughs> um, you know their their Ken Palm adjusted efficiency went down a little bit. But I mean, Rutgers like Rutgers is a their very defense good defense went up though. Team. I feel really weird saying that about Rutgers, but like they're a very good defensive team. They're just completely abysmal on offense, which is exactly what we saw. And then the Badgers decided they're just going to have a bad shooting night, which, I mean, I don't want to say it happens, but you know what happens. Yeah. Rutgers has the 35th best defense in the country this year. Hmm. That makes you think. Yeah. I mean, their offense is 277th, but... What are the rest of these coaches doing? Like, you have much better athletes at other schools. Like, like Tom Crean, what are you doing, man? What's what's Indiana's O and D? Indiana's got the 16th best offense and 140th on defense. <laughs> Yikes! But what I so I, I don't want to spend this all about talking about Indiana because Lord knows I can talk about some Indiana basketball. <laughs> but everyone's so like. I just feel like Indiana's just got huge players. I feel like they should be better. Well, yeah, that's I mean that's like <laughs> the last eight years of Indiana basketball. That's time. true. That's true. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they did lose to the to the journalism school. Yes. Yes, the journalism school. You know, and as a journalism major myself, um, what what really honestly is just totally my favorite thing about this college basketball season is. All the Northwestern national writers coming out of the woodworks and making Northwestern this this the Northwestern season. I, I mean, just love it. I to, love. To be fair, it is the Northwestern season. They're, they're ranked for like I think the first time since like the 0809 season, and and when the when the AP poll went up this morning, they didn't even have a logo on the file. It literally just said Northwestern. <laughs> Well, in all fairness, like the AP poll has, like I've gone to that website many a time when the rankings are up, and they just like don't, like they like will spell Wisconsin wrong or something. So, 
which is ironic because you know you'd think the AP would would be on top of their like proofreading game. Maybe that maybe that's not in their style guide though. Maybe they should have gone to Northwestern because <laughs> you know the Northwestern School of Journalism is is it's what you know Kyle you know it's the best, right? Fair enough. It's the only one there is. Yeah, I think Indiana. We're totally not even talking about Wisconsin basketball at this point on the Wisconsin basketball podcast. But no. whatever, Indiana. I mean, I try to not check, you know, bracketology at this point in the season. Like I tell myself, I'm not going to. Wisconsin's currently then, a four seed in the Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I inevitably I always check. Yeah. And like Indiana, at least on the one that was updated on the 26th, was they they were a solid. They're like an eight seed or a seven seed or something. I don't know what they are now, but they they are gonna like they're gonna lose a bunch of games the rest of the season, and they're gonna be in danger. So the there's there's a thing called bracketmatrix.com, which basically takes like like twenty or thirty or I mean, if if you create a bracketology and you can submit it to the site, it basically tracks it, and it kind of keeps going along along the lines of like. Like, the most recent bracket, they'll, like, shove up in front and stuff like that. And you can see them updated, like, daily. The cur- Indiana's currently a consensus 8 seed, mm. although they are not on every bracket. They Bracket Matrix is currently tracking 79 brackets, and Indiana is missing on 6 of those. Huh. Including 3 of them from today. Okay. Well, I mean, they've got... Yes, they, they've got to go to Wisconsin, to Minnesota, to Purdue, to Ohio State, and they've got Northwestern Purdue at home. They go to Iowa as well. They play Michigan at home. Like you know, they could very well. I mean, finish the season with seventeen or eighteen wins. Indiana probably needs to go six and three in the last in their last nine games and win a Big Ten tournament game to make that to to realistically have a shot at making the tournament. Is that a fair? Is that a fair assessment? You think? I think they could go like four and five, even maybe. I mean, if I, I mean, I'm not a bracketologist, but it seems that people have them in an eight, like an eight seed, which. But but that's I mean, but that's based on their current resume, which again that does include wins over North Carolina and Kansas. Right. But if right. you keep losing games, then I mean, a game from Veterans Day and the and the end of November aren't really going to hold that much weight unfortunately for Indiana because they played literal trash in the remainder of the non-conference schedule. <laughs> yeah, they did. Except for Butler who they lost to. Well, then you also have to factor the fact that they don't have factor the fact that they don't have um OG. the OG. Yeah. And I mean, so they're they are a different team and I'm sure that'll be taken into consideration as well. Yep. Okay. So, let's pivot let's pivot back a little bit to the previous three trains of thought. Uh, so Wisconsin played a game on Saturday against the State University of New Jersey. Wisconsin won that game by seven points. That was a game in which they scored 20 points in the first half, 25 points in the second half, and 16 points in the five-minute overtime period because nothing makes sense, and this is all just a figment of our imaginations. And with that, we close the Carded Optimism <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to chalk up the win. Um, to I'd like to chalk it up to Greg Gard. When I when Bo Ryan was around, Greg Gard I think was probably known for two things: for just 
create. I think Greg Gard was more was more instrumental in creating that offense with Kaminsky and Decker and just kind of like like what led to those final four runs. I think yeah. he, I think he had a very big part in that. And Gard was also is also a very good recruiter. But I do think that we're kind of seeing like the in game chops of Greg Gard. And f- yeah, do you? I mean, is there anything that you kind of learned from his press conference today? Um. Well, he's a great dad. Really? Why do you say that? Because his dad jokes. <laughs> I have a picture. I had a picture saved from when they went to Maui. Yep. A picture of Greg Gard standing up with like the Maui surfboard, and he just looks peak dad. And I thought that, and so I saved it to my computer for the right moment. And today, when Wisconsin basketball tweeted out that Coach Gard was telling jokes in the huddle to keep the guys loose against Rutger. Um, and one of the jokes was, well, I'll just ask you, Kyle, uh, why did the cookie go to the hospital? I don't know, Kurt. Why? Because he was feeling crummy. That, when I saw that, I laughed. I was like, this this is the most important thing I've heard all day. That's <laughs> the most important news. It's not fake news, guys. It's not fake news. This is uh, real not news. Fake news. <laughs> so I tweeted back, I tweeted back at Badger, Badger Basketball with a picture of Greg Gard. And the people liked it. The people on Twitter liked it, which is what I'm here for. It's 14 likes currently, but no, but no retweets. You didn't get any of the valuable retweets. No, that's okay. That's okay. But okay, so the Rutger game was something. It was. I I have trouble. I just have trouble, kind of rationalizing how that game happened. I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a bit. Con- I mean. We haven't even discussed Ethan Happ yet, but it, it it's a bit concerning to see an entire team just go totally ice cold sans one guy. So they went cold, and, I, and for those of you that watch the game or watch at least part of the game or highlights or whatever, Wisconsin shot 3 of 25 from three-point. Now, though those games happen. I will give you that. Like There are just days where you will just shoot abysmally from the three. Like twelve percent bad, yeah. Like like twelve percent bad, but at the same time, if you're shooting twelve percent from three, there's also probably an underlying cause going on. I mean, even even bad even bad shooting teams can shoot twenty percent from three. <laughs> yeah, well, what was interesting is something that um, both of us saw today on Twitter was on a friend of the pod, Bart Torvik, uh, retweeted. Uh, it was just the shot chart from the game, and the fact that they're playing at Madison Square Garden. You know, they've got the they have, there was the NBA arc, as well as the the college arc, which is you know a significant amount shorter. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's a it's a much shorter and much easier shot to make. And but looking at the shot chart, all but what four of the Badgers' twenty five threes, four or five, were taken from NBA range, and. Y- what do you what what do you you know how much validity do you give to the fact that that was a thing? My my original thought, kind of watching the game and kind of picking up on that, and then seeing Bartonels afterwards was that it almost certainly played an effect, and in not necessarily that they can't make those sh- shots, but yeah. when you're shooting when you're shooting a three and you're six inches a foot behind the arc. You're go- you're going to shoot differently if you were behind the college three as if you're opposed to the NBA three. Like, like just yeah. like 
like like the strength he put into the shot, like the arc and all that, I think that definitely plays a factor. But, and I, and I was talking with you about this before we got on the air, one of my coworkers uh, went played basketball in high school, and I think at one one year or whatever, he went to state in Wisconsin. He played the Cole Center, and for those games, they have the high school three point line, which is shorter than yeah. the college three. Yeah, and he had meant he had told me that it didn't really affect how you shot the ball. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know if it affects how you shoot the ball because you know it's it's still. I mean, it depends on where you're shooting from. And, like, if the fact that there's another three-point line there makes you take deeper threes. Like, subconsciously, you're not you're not always aware of which line you're at. Yep. And you, you and, just you just see a line you think, oh, this is the three. Okay, this is where I should be. Right. So, I, and that's it's, that would be something that, you know, you kind of have to – it's be really tough to study, but um, my guess would be that it would affect you a little bit. Um, I wouldn't attribute a three for three for twenty five day completely to that, but no, I mean the Badger shot selection is not normally like that, you know. That I I I do agree with that, and part of it's probably they're just they were trying to get some offense going throughout the day, and it really never came to fruition. But then we saw our Lord and Savior Ethan Happ, who did. Who single-handedly brought Wisconsin back from the brink and saved them in overtime? Yes, the Badgers were were dead, and then with about four minutes left in the game, Ethan Happ was like, "All right, I got let's, this. Let's, I got this, guys. Move, move the stone." <laughs> and he, the stone in this case was uh, Rutgers' big CJ Gettys. Oh, poor CJ Gettys. You know the song where they go, "You had a bad day." Yeah, yeah bet, yep, by yeah. Daniel Potter. Yeah, it, I, I had no idea who that guy is, but yeah, that song was actually it was a prophecy for the day that C.J. Gettys was about to have. Yeah, I mean, they reached a point where like, and then I I didn't see a part of this game because I was at work, and there's only so much watching basketball you can do when you're supposed <laughs> to be working. But I did I did I did catch a fair amount in the second half in overtime, and. That it was just one of those things where, for like the first 20, 30 minutes of the game, it was very much the Ethan Happ of the last like two weeks that we've seen, where he just yeah. he's just routinely missing like a lot of those easier shots than that you would think he would make. And then something kind of just clicked, and he was just he was able to kind of get into a groove, and make those and make those shots, and kind of just abuse CJ Gettys down low. Yep, that was that's what it was, man. Okay, when the Badgers went down nine with three minutes left, did you think? Did you have any idea that the Badgers could win that game? Realistically, well, like I think out of any game this season that they could have played, any against a power a power five, or well, I don't know if we do that in basketball, but you know what I'm saying, against a, a power five conference team, yeah, that was the only game that I would have been like, oh, well, they, I mean, like there's still a chance, but no, I, um, I was like, well, this game's over. That was one of those games where you just, you watch and you're like, they should be better than this. Why Why are they not playing better than this? But as soon as Koenig hit that three, that, that brought him back with him. To cut it to one, is like, oh, well, they're going to win this game. Yeah. But I will say, I did tweet during the first half when they went down seven. Yep. Uh, Badger's going to win. So. so, okay, question for you. 
And ignoring the results of tonight's, or Saturday's game, what was, what do you think was the worst Badgers basketball game you've ever watched? The worst was definitely that Penn State tournament game. It is. like, (laughs) so I, right now, like, I don't know if it's the fact that I moved away from the state and, like, I have, I'm just nostalgic about Badgers basketball at this point in my life, but... He says a month and a half after yeah. leaving. Like, not even, no, not even a month. Oh my well, I guess I have been gone for a month and a half, but I haven't been working here for... Anyway. Anyways. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. I've watched a lot of old Badger basketball games and highlights and done a... It's, like, gone through, like, box scores and... Like, yesterday, I was, uh, I was watching the North Carolina Sweet 16 game. Uh, the other day I was watching a two overtime win against Iowa from like four years ago. <laughs> like these are the things that I'm currently doing. What? And what is wrong with you? I'm just getting in touch with. I, it provides me like a level of happiness. It really does. But that game, man. So I'm right now really in tune with my last ten years of Badger basketball history side. Okay. Um, it's good for my good for my inner soul. But that that game, man. Oh, I don't know. And and I remember one of the, I remember seeing on Twitter like, and then, and this was like in during the second half when Wisconsin was like starting to fall apart, and you kind of figured that they were going to lose. I remember seeing someone say like, "This was the worst Badgers basketball game I've ever watched." And like, and like, and he's known like the the guy that I saw tweet is normally he's much more level headed than I think most other people on Twitter are about anything. And like yes, I saw the hy- that... Hyperbole is uh, like the main thing with sports Twitter. Yes. This absolutely. is the worst. But like like when he said like this is the worst game I've ever seen, I'm like, you know what? You're almost probably right, but... I pulled up the box score. From the Penn State-Wisconsin yeah. game? Yeah, man. 36-33! Don't go back. I'm going back. Wait. The, ch- the the football championship between the two teams score. Oh no, that was more points. It was. Was it thirty eight? It was the exact same amount of points. It was sixty nine points. Nice. So, I think my favorite thing about that Penn State game, that was a forty four possession game. Forty four possessions. How do you have forty four possessions in a basketball game? I I don't know. Well, like. If if each team holds the ball until the end of the shot clock, yep, and then shoots, and then shoots, yeah, I guess nowadays that's gonna be. I mean, you have to remember 20, it, was, it was still thirty five seconds. Thirty five, so that's you know you'll get like what eighteen possessions maybe in a half doing that. Yeah, and so they got twenty. They got twenty two and a half. So they were holding the ball for like. 25, 26, 27 And the seconds. Badgers only turned the ball over five times in that game. Well, that, I mean, you can't turn the ball over a whole lot in a 44-possession game. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow. This is the team that had Jordan Taylor and John Luer. I'm telling you, that was that was the worst game. And, and we, I mean, and we've talked about this already the on the podcast. That was the low. There will never be a lower point. Except... I did tweet, uh, speaking of, you know, this side of me that's come out recently, I tweeted out a, 
1999 NCAA tournament game where they scored like 32 points against Missouri State, that would be worse. But I don't remember that game, and I'm glad I don't. And I blame everyone that was a Badger fan at that point for that game. John Luer and Jordan Taylor combined for 12 of the team's 15 field goals. Ugh, but they shot 37. They, Man, shot, that, they shot three free throws. Three they actually, free they throws. shot worse from three in that game than they did on Saturday against Rucker. Oh man, there is it can get worse. So yes, Badger basketball—it's a thing. Also, uh, Wisconsin still made the Sweet Sixteen that year. Yeah, they did. They almost—they—that's that. Then they figured out how to shoot against that Syracuse zone. They hit like—they they did six, not play against six, Syracuse. Oh no! Was that nope. the Butler? Year? Yeah, it was Butler. Oh, that was the year that Wisconsin, I think, was. Oh, they did not play well against Butler. They, they lost by seven. Yeah, they didn't play. Oh, well. but oh, it wasn't. I don't. It wasn't really close, though. Yeah. No, they they came back at the end a little bit. They that was the year they beat uh, Kansas State despite yep. Jake Poland scoring like fifty eight points. I don't think it was. I don't think it was quite fifty eight points. That no, was like thirty something. Yeah, I've tried to find that game and I can't find it. That's probably for the best. You should probably stop watching games from the 2011 season or 2010 yeah, season. What would I stop? I guess you are the person that watched the uh, the 2015 Badgers retrospective, including the Duke game. So, man, that I have. Okay, that was a. We have so much to recap, but I just have one slight bone to pick with that very touching documentary. There was no love for Zach Showalter in that North Carolina game. Like, I guess Sam Decker had arguably his most important game ever. Kentucky game, very good. He was was the Ken Palm MVP in that game. So, yeah, he was phenomenal. Holy crap. Duye Dukin. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off quick. In in 14 minutes in that game, Duye Dukin's stat line was two personal fouls. In 14 minutes in an NCAA tournament game. He played 14 minutes, and his only contribution to the game was two personal fouls. He didn't take a shot? No! Not a I rebound? Mean, I, I would know. I just watched the game yesterday. <laughs> that is that is legitimately impressive. That like that was Zach Showalter, man. He saved that game. There was a play where I think it was Nate Britt was bringing the ball up the court, and he kind of backs him down. You know how point guards sort of – you know they'll go, on, they'll go down to the baseline – or not baseline, the sideline. Yep sort of back you down, wait for the offense, you know, call a play. And so he's he's kind of backing Showalter down, shielding him from the ball, and Showalter just reaches around, smacks the ball away, picks it up, and then goes down court for the layup to put the Badgers up four or so with, like, six minutes to play. Zach Showalter saved that game, Kyle. Get him the save. He's the closer. Josh Gosser played all 40 minutes in that game. Josh Gosser did a phenomenal job against Marcus Page in that game. Phenomenal. Kaminsky played 39 minutes, Hayes 35, Decker 32. Kizik. <laughs> that says so much about Bo Ryan. Like, Sam Decker played one of the best games of his career, and he played, like, the fourth most minutes on that team. And the fifth most minutes was Koenig, and Koenig fouled out. Yeah, Koenig fouled out. Yeah. I mean, that's why Showalter was in the game, because Koenig had four fouls. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Decker <laughs> plays amazing, and he plays 32 minutes. Because Bo's just going to... Get out! I... He didn't, but then, like, what did what did he even what did he pull him out? For? Okay, so in the Borian era, typically if you got if you got pulled out for like a, just a random thing, you got pulled out because you turned the ball over stupidly. Yeah, 
You had stupid fouls. You took a stupid shot. Whatever. Okay. Kane, there was one. Decker oh, did not have a single turnover or foul in that game, and missed five of his fifteen shots. Why did Decker play only thirty-two minutes in that game? That's exactly my like. Bo Ryan was he was intent on pulling Sam Decker, regardless of the circumstances. And you also want to play Duke, and I get it. But how many minutes did Hayes play? Uh, thirty-five. And Hayes was in a little foul trouble. And Hayes did not play well that game. It was not his best game. Not. He actually he was six of seven from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was that was probably his highlight. The the, the Badgers as a whole in that game shot eighty seven percent from the free throw line. Twenty of twenty three. Yeah. yeah, they shot very well in that game. I mean, it was. I didn't realize that it, you know it wasn't in the books until about fifteen seconds left. Because they won by seven. Wisconsin was, I think, with, with ten minutes left in the game. Wisconsin was actually down by four. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, like, like there was a point at which, like, North Carolina was the favorite to win that game. And then Wisconsin was just like, no, nah, we're good. We're going we're gonna to take this over. Yeah. So, transitioning back to this year's team, because I let us down a rabbit hole. Thanks for that, by the way. Um, Kyle, I'm going to give you a vote for Big Ten Player of the Year. Who, who does it go to? Objectively. Objectively? Objectively. Khalil Iverson. Okay. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, I wasn't, but he does have a higher offensive rebound percentage than Isaac Haas. Really? Well, he did as of like three days ago. I don't know if he still does. But... He's curr- okay, Khalil's currently at 11.2% offensive rebounding percentage. Isaac Haas is also at 11.2%. But Iverson <laughs> doesn't play enough minutes to qualify, so no one cares. But my actual answer to this question, and the reason why you brought it up, is because Ethan Happ is really, really, really good at basketball. And Ethan Happ is my vote for Big Ten Player of the Year. Do you think that that is a reasonable statement, Kurt? I think it's reasonable. I think if you're going with Biggie Swanigan, you're not, I mean, you're not wrong, but you're wrong, if that makes sense. I, I, I think that makes sense. You know, like, it's it's a defensible position, but... I see Ethan Happ not only offensively as, like, their numbers are about equal, but when you add that Ethan Happ might be the best defensive player in the Big Ten. By far. Yeah, like, it's, I have I don't have defensive win shares or anything pulled up, but. Ethan Happ has a 4.6% steal rate. That's absurd. Yeah, especially for a guy in the post. Yep. And a 4, Ethan Happ. Has a four point four percent block rate too. Yeah, like there was a play in that at the end of that Rutgers game where I think the Badgers are up four four five and and the poor Rutgers guard tries to take it in to get a quick bucket and Ethan Happ literally swats just swipes the ball out of the air just yeah. puts his hands up and catches his shot. It's and and to me that's where the big difference is. I mean Swanigan, yeah, he can step out. And knock down, knock down some shots, but I mean, Hap still has a higher effective field goal percentage, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, for the considering the fact he doesn't shoot from deep, he doesn't, you know, shoot, he doesn't shoot from outside the paint. No, he doesn't. And his Caleb, and his, well, Caleb Swanigan is shooting twenty-two of forty-four from three. Twenty-two. Wait, okay. Does effective field goal take into account free throws? Um, I don't believe or so. Is that, is that true shooting? Uh, I thought one uh, of them did. Either way, 
Hap has him. I mean, beat. Hap has him beaten, but uh, in effect, a field goal. If Hap is trailing in true shooting, so that that must take into account free throws. Okay, because Kaswanigan's shooting seventy nine percent from, yeah, from yep. the line. Yeah, but it's very close on both ends, and you know they're both good. They're both very good rebounders. And even Hap's better on the offensive glass, and even Hap has a twenty four point two percent assist rate as as a six foot ten guy. As a center, yes. He you has know, a high. He has the highest. I mean, he has the highest assist rate on the team. Swanigan's turning the ball over a lot. He's not like we said, not nearly as good on defense. And I mean, last last night, not to you know put my entire Big Ten Player of the Year case in a thirty a two minute span of basketball, but in that that Nebraska Purdue game with the game on the line three times in a row, Purdue just gave the ball to Biggie and said, "All right, go to work in the post." And three and three times, he lost to Jacobson of Nebraska, and they lost the game. Yep. You know, it's just like... And that was one of those games where Purdue was was leading for the vast majority of that game and then just kind of <laughs> pooped it away at the end. Yep. So if you're going with, like, the what have you done for me lately, I mean, Ethan Happ won a, a game that his team had arguably no business winning. And, I mean, Swanigan was still... I, th- I don't have the stats, but I think he was still pretty good in that game. But just... He was 4 of 13 from 2. Oh, okay. Wow. So I, I guess my perception was... He had 14 oh. points and 14 rebounds, and 6 assists, 4 turnovers, and 4 fouls, and a steal. Hmm. So not, not great. But... Not great. Purdue as a team in that game? Holy crap. They shot very well. They shot amazingly. Purdue shot 34% from two and 58% from three. Yeah, that's uh, that's called the Dakota Mathias game there, Kyle. Uh, also, Nebraska shot 40% from two and 53% from three. Hmm. So both of them had some weird kind of funky game going on there. Hmm. Hmm, exactly. Hmm is right. It doesn't make much sense, especially when you're a team that has Caleb Swanigan and Isaac Haas. Isaac Haas only played 13 minutes in that game, though. Color me confused. I mean, Matt, Matt, but Matt Painter is such an amazing coach. I don't know if it's conditioning or what it is with Haas, but yeah, he just doesn't play sometimes. I mean, he, I mean, the dude's only averaging like 20, 20 and a half minutes a game. Which, Vito Brown levels, which leads me into another point, Kyle, that I wanted to bring up. That Vito Brown doesn't playing at all? No, like, and at the end of the game, you know, they're going Jordan Hill. And then when, what, Showy fouled out, I was thinking, all right, now they might go to Vito, you know, to hit some free throws. And they went with Trice. Not to harp on free throws right now because I don't really want to harp on free throws. No, not but, the time. No, it's not the time to harp on free throws. But I think one of the one of the, like the underrated subplots of this season is that I don't think Greg Gard kind of knows what his rotation is yet. I, no, I, he, I, I really don't. He he's like he's like All right, I'm going to play Demetric Trice a little bit. Uh, Jordan Hill, I think you're in my you're in my good graces right now. Um, will we see Alex Ilacan again? Probably. We saw Brevin Pritzel. Brevin Pritzel played five minutes on Saturday. I support it. I fully support it. I More mean, clip <laughs> I mean, I, I like. I'm okay with it, but like, he just. It seems like those like people <laughs> that come off the benches are like it's random almost. Yeah, well, I think they're really looking for something from like. They're looking. He's looking for someone to step up. Is what he is. From eight on, from eight on down. You got he's got Iverson and Trice, who have pretty much been six seven this year, but now Jordan Hill's kind of climbing in that mix. Because that makes sense, yeah. No, I just I don't know that guard knows what he wants to do with his rotation, and 
at some point you're going to have to figure out what the pieces are that are pieces are that's going to work because come middle of March if you don't have that down and you're trying to play 10 deep in the 10 deep in an NCAA tournament game things are probably going to go poorly for you also considering the fact that you can't shoot free throws that would be that would be a fact yes yes um it's kind of i i don't know how much more we did we have any, how much more we had to discuss i don't know um I, I got some random nuggets if you'd like like are we talking like chicken nuggets like hershey's nuggets you got to be more specific with me um northwestern nuggets you okay? No, let's 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 hit me with some wildcat nuggets. Yo, Bryant McIntosh has a ninety nine point eight offensive rating. Is that good? No, it's not good. Are you? Is this it's, is this like something that you're like surprised? How? No, because like you think of Northwestern, you're like, oh, Bryant McIntosh, man, he's good. And then you look, and he's got a forty one point seven effective field goal percentage. It's because he's awful from three, and he's taking a lot of threes. He's all. He's just. He's just awful shooting. Forty-one percent, forty-two percent from two, and twenty-eight from three. Gross. Yeah, he's. I mean, been one of the not best offensive players in the Big Ten. So. Sanjay Lumpkin. He's. He's. He's probably their best offensive player, but they don't use him. How? How do they don't? Do, he's shooting seventy percent from two and thirty-six percent from three. And they're oh, using wow. and they're using him in eleven percent of their possessions, and he plays like he plays a lot. He plays too. like twenty minutes a game. I mean, that's I mean, Brian McIntosh, right? He's the point guard. Yes, that sounds about right. Takes a bit of a he'll take some of the blame for that. I mean, but maybe maybe you just your offense isn't built around your four with Lumpkin, but I don't know, man. You should probably get a little bit. That of offense it. isn't really built around anyone. That's the that's what but makes how the are they ball. how are they good though? What like like okay so so Chris we, Collins effect I don't know is Chris Collins like a good coach I don't think so was... you would think that they made it they they would have made the tournament by now if he was actually a really good coach fair good point but at the same time maybe Northwestern was so bad that it took him a few years to kind of get his footing I mean okay Bill Carmody was kind of bad okay I'll give him I'll give him that Bill Carmody was a bad basketball coach yes I mean this is this is Collins's fourth year and. They have improved their record every year under under uh, Collins. So I mean, maybe that is one of those things. Maybe, just maybe have, they're, they're actually they're good. They're actually good now. Finally hitting their stride. But Northwestern's going to make the NCAA tournament this year. They are. Have fun in Evanston, kids. Have fun. So, kind of looking at Wisconsin moving forward, since it's it's hard to predict when we're going to record next because of our could because of our schedules. Yep. Which which I realize isn't good to you guys, but it also bums us out too because we would prefer to record more often than we do. Yep. But Wisconsin plays Illinois on Tuesday, so you're prob so they they've probably already played by the time that you've heard this, since I don't think I'm gonna be able to add it tonight. They should probably win at Illinois. Then Sunday comes around and we get to play Indiana again. And let me tell you how excited I am for Tom Crean to be back in the Cole Center, baby. Uh, Tom, get off the court. But I think Indiana will lose that game badly. And it will be amazing. <laughs> so this season is, weak, I guess, and I'm trying to leave and I'm continuing to talk. But I just this season's a weird season in that all of the losses 
were very clearly losses like halfway through the game. Like, yeah. like, there, like there wasn't a point late in the Creighton, North Carolina, or Purdue game when you were like, oh, maybe Wisconsin can win this game. Whereas... Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, like, the heartbreaking Wisconsin losses of years past. And they've played their... Th- Probably their three worst games against the three best teams they've played. <laughs> Maybe that you could argue that Rutgers game, but I mean, you, I mean, you could probably argue the Rutger, but it's the Rutger, not the Rutgers. The Rutger, there's no S. Rutger, the Rutger. But yeah, it's they played their three worst games against the three best teams they've played. Um, I don't know. It'll be curious to see how the season finishes out, and obviously we have a long ways to go. We've still got 10 games in conference. We've got the conference tourney and the uh, big den that NCAA is, but I don't know. It's a fun, this is a, this is a fun season. I think it's not, maybe not as fun as two years ago, honestly, or even this last year. I think last year was kind of more fun in a, in a convoluted, weird kind of way. Okay. You can't tell me that when Wisconsin was one and four, and you thought that there was no way they were going to make the tournament. And then they just ripped off, like, win after win after win after win. That, okay, that, that was wasn't fun. fun as all heck. That was fun. Yeah, I think, I think like, I think the highs of some of those regular season wins were pretty good. But then again, like, that Minnesota win high was pretty nice. But, like, last year they went at Maryland. They went at Iowa. It felt great. But I think this season's got a higher ceiling for uh, postseason runs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we'll see. We'll see. we'll see, Kyle. So with that, we thank you for listening to another episode of Guarded Optimism. We hope you have a good night. Go Badgers. This was an episode of Guarded Optimism. You can follow us on Twitter at Guarded Optimism, at K-A-Ashour, and at Kurt Ho. Thank you, and go Badgers.